Nabojuno the hot gist a beg talk. As he the hot, just drop this gist a beg Daboju. The gist with Boju is on right now. Don't go anywhere. It's the gist with Boju. Don't go anywhere. Hi guys, welcome back to the Gist with Boju, and I'm your amazing host as always, Taboju Kepo. And today's episode, we're going to be talking about the healthcare system in Nigeria. And I had the opportunity to feature two amazing women in the medical field, and <laughs> I'm just going to let them like introduce themselves and tell you a little bit about themselves and what they like study and do. So yeah. Okay. Hi. My name is Sharon Vick, and I am a final year medical student in Ukraine. Uh, I have no business, but I kind of do English teaching online. So if you're interested in, I don't know, maybe teaching your child or something. <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah, <laughs> All right, my turn. <laughs> so I'm Sue. I'm uh, Sue on Instagram as well. I am a 22-year-old physiotherapy student slash physiotherapist. I've actually, um, I've actually finished everything I'm doing. It's just remaining graduation. So that wow. someone will not come and carry me now and say, I'm not graduated <laughs> yet, that big. So I'm still a physiotherapy student. But yeah, basically, I um, did three but years of physiotherapy. Yeah, 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 I do, I do. So I you're do. a physiotherapist. Uh, oh, that's true, actually. <laughs> so, no, yes. That's the title. It's true. I'm a physiotherapist. <laughs> yes, that's it. <laughs> so, yeah, I did um, three years of physiotherapy uh, study in the University of Hertfordshire in England. And no, um, no minute. Ah, I mean, it's all. That's what all the UK oh, boys are. My in sister, in it Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I swear. <laughs> so. So, yeah, uh, yeah. So um, um, I'm actually I'm actually also a level three uh, qualified sports massage therapist. So uh-uh. um, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I picked up that skill, my dear. So uh-uh. um, basically, um, people tend to not know the difference between sports massage and like regular mass- my own, massage. No. My own is very painful. You get. Come and try it on me. I'll tell so, you. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so mine is painful. So mine is like for people that have like chronic pain like lower back pain or or just finished sports or something i i do a lot of like recovery massage and you know stuff like that so um that's kind of the business i i think i want to do when i come back to nigeria like on holiday okay so, so yeah yeah that's basically a brief a brief summary that's about me. very interesting like i didn't even know about the sports massage like. <laughs> Very, t- very thought out. Nice. Yeah. Very useless in my life. No, like, I, I beg. No <laughs> it's on my bio. I'm joking. I'm joking. So, so yeah. Anyways, thank you guys mm. for hopping on this episode. So, mm-hmm. let me start with my interview, my questions, because you know, I've been ready for this. I've been of course. for this episode, and yeah. I watch. I'm just putting it out there. I watch a lot of medical series, like New <laughs> Grey's Anatomy. So. I know some shit, so people should not like underestimate my knowledge. No, Thank you can never much. do that. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna start with you, Shalom. So like, um, is has medicine always been like what you wanted to like study? Yes. Um, from my mom has this very weird story that she tells everybody that one time I was sick in the hospital and she was in another state, panicking, and then when they 
she sent my aunt to come to the hospital and see me and they found me walking around and checking on patients with other doctors and Aww. i was just i think five Aww. or something <laughs> and from there that's when she knew that probably i had like a very big interest in medicine so yes i've always been interested in medicine but i didn't really like the whole chaos in the hospital so that's why I'm still trying to find <clears throat> find a field, probably will be psychiatry at the end of the day, mm. that I don't have to be involved in all those emergency-related things because yeah. I'm very nervous and mm. I'll probably forget all my medical knowledge <laughs> <laughs> when I see somebody mm. panicking with me. Yeah, so and the anxiety be, that comes with it. Exactly. I'll be a psychiatrist in the future. Wow. So your schooling in Ukraine, like how is like how is it there, like learning and everything, like what's the gist? Uh it's not so bad, but if I put it on a scale of one to ten, I would say six. It's definitely worth the money because it's very cheap. The school fee <laughs> as compared to other countries, that's why I can't mm-hmm. even leave them so much. Because when I think about, like, when I hear my friends that are in other countries, like, more developed countries, and what they pay and what they get, I'm like, okay, you're actually paying what's your money. And then over a year, I'm paying way less. And although there's a room for improvement, there's lots more they can do because what they put out to the world is they can offer so much more. But when you come into the school, you see that they're just giving you, like, the leftover from whatever they have to offer so it's not mm-hmm. so good. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> oh, That's very interesting. I swear. So Nigeria is... 2.0. I swear that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Actually, it's kind of. It's kind of. But the only, the only thing, the only thing I would say that it's better is, yeah, when it comes to, like, balance outside school, you have more free time. You can start a business. There are medical students that basically have a whole job, a whole job outside medicine, and they're able to juggle the two well, very well. But as in Nigeria, when I hear stories from my Nigerian friends, they're always saying how, as a medical doctor, like, you can't even probably eat breakfast. <laughs> like, you just have to be buried in the medicine and even even when you do that there's no even guarantee that it's even going to go well for you so yeah one thing is they have like a timetable that is working your classes are specific to a particular time you can still like have a life outside exactly Mm -hmm. exactly and you have more opportunity like it's not like for example in nigeria if you fail one course it's like oh you're done for and you have to repeat yeah they give you more opportunities for you to try again and again and again and the Student to teacher relationship is a bit better if you're not you're not with a kind of racist teacher that just has <laughs> does, does <laughs> doesn't want you to pass. Mm-hmm. But normally the the amount of racist teachers you get, I think it depends on where you come from. Personally, as a Nigerian, for me, I've only encountered about three. But I tried to separate myself from that mindset. I didn't just want to see the person and say that, okay, whatever they're doing to me is because they're racist. racist. Yeah, yeah, I tried to do my own best, even if I know that they, like, have a problem. I didn't want to associate whatever was going on to their problem. But other times, like, we are less in class. In your group, you could have only, let's say, 12 students. So it's more comfortable for you to ask questions. 
if the teacher understands the English you're speaking, ask, ask <laughs> questions. <laughs> uh, no, I've had incidents. I've had questions. I'm asking the teacher, and then my Indian classmate has to interpret in English that I'm still speaking to the teacher for them to understand me better. <laughs> for them to understand me better. And even after the explanation, they'll probably not answer the question you're asking. She'll probably ask some, answer something else. Maybe she doesn't <laughs> understand what you're saying. Or she doesn't even care to even explain to you to understand it. So yes, it's not that bad. They have their downside, but they also have the positive. At the end of the day, just for you to put your mind and not allow all these negative sides to affect you. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Then, do you like um? What is this? I don't know how you put colleagues in the medicine world, but like, like you know how like. Yes, that's it. And like working okay. like hospitals, like Clinicals. where they are residents and stuff like that. So um, normally in some countries, you can do internship after medical school. In medical school, some countries allow like rotation. So you go to the hospital and have like a few weeks of clinicals and different, mostly surgical case, um, classes. But yeah, the first three years is basic science. And then from the fourth year to sixth year is clinical like, classes. So, you know, the pandemic already took one year and about six months out of my clinical classes. So most of the things I was supposed to do in the hospital, I had to do them online. And then even when we came back, they couldn't really allow us to go into the wards, like not to get the COVID and not to pass it to them since most people flew home and they were coming back from their individual countries. But when mm. I had the opportunity, it wasn't very good because of the language barrier now first the first you're not the same race with them so a patient sees you and maybe that's the first interaction they're having with a black person so already they're kind of like confused they are looking at you like okay they're looking at you like a specimen something interesting they need to <laughs> they need to observe imagine <laughs> not like a doctor so First is even if some people will not even want to talk to you. I've had a patient that I, my my classwork was for me to go and examine the patient. They already knew the diagnosis, but just to teach us. And then we went and the woman was very not interested in talking to us. Like we're asking her, we're trying to use the little Russian that we know to talk to her. She wasn't even trying. She was not even trying to even listen, listen or understand us. And we have had patients that... They were very interested. She was just, she was ready to tell us her whole life history. Like, blah, 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 blah. even when we were telling her, we don't understand, we don't, she was just going on and on and on. And she was very happy. So it's like different, but we didn't have a lot of like patient interaction since we don't know the language and yeah. we they don't want to put patients in that uncomfortable situations with doctors they're not familiar with. So, like, have you had like any like medical? scare or any like major like issue or something that like made you uncomfortable or like triggered something or like something you just something you not just expect to like happen or you didn't know was possible like i don't know if you get what i mean oh i get but as a as a patient i have but as a medical student have i i don't think so no i don't i've not had as a as a medical student but as a patient definitely i've had for all my in fact, all my experiences in the hospital, I was very anxious all through because it wasn't good <laughs> at all. It wasn't good. 
I should share or you could like maybe like the ones that made you like very anxious and uncomfortable. Okay. Firstly, the um they have had I feel like for the number of years they have taught black and foreign students, they should have made some changes to their system that should accommodate foreigners and also teach their doctors to be able to diagnose people that are not Ukrainians or white people. But after all these years, it's still the same thing. So I went to the hospital. I was having a bad stomach ache. And I went there and the first doctor examined me. Did not know what was going on. And the next morning, I opened my eye and I see like 10 doctors looking at me. <laughs> and they made their turn. <laughs> and the weird thing is each of them made their turn. Like one came, press, press, press. They'll go and form a circle and talk. And talk. The second one came, press, 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 go and talk. Uh-uh. And then I started feeling very anxious. Like, oh my God, maybe something really bad and they don't know how to tell me or something. Because they were really having the meeting in front of me and coming in individually to make diagnosis. And when I couldn't speak the language, they explained to them that, no, 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 that's not what it is. So it doesn't bring out a whole diagnosis and confusion for them. But there was no way for them to diagnose. So at the end of the day, did they, did they tell me what was going on? Not really. They just had like speculations. Just told me maybe it's this, maybe it's that. And they were treating me and I felt better at the end of the day. But till today, if you ask me what was going on with me, even after spending about four days of to five days in the hospital, they did not have a conclusion. I, and I do not know what was going on. Hmm. That's scary. Yeah. <laughs> God knows if I open my eyes and I'm seeing ten doctors, I'm flying because you I don't know people are actually doctors of late people, so people are not trying to. Them, <laughs> I, I was very time. sick. I was just looking at them like so scared and confused. Oh. But that was not because... the first time it happened, mm. so that's why, although I was scared, I just stayed there. The other mm. time it happened too. In fact, I was begging them to go home that I was well and I just wanted to go home. And they insisted on doing a pregnancy test on me. Uh, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I, had to run, I had to run away. <laughs> wow. That's very. Hmm. All right. Let me move to Susan. Shall All I right. you know, take a breather? <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, mm-hmm. I, I, I feel like for me personally, yeah. I've not seen a lot of like physiotherapists My sister. and sports massagers. So like when I found out you were doing mm. physiotherapy, I was like, oh wow, <laughs> this is very interesting. Like I yeah. don't even like, I'm not going to lie. I don't know what I know. therapy is about, <laughs> about to you. But I know that the physio has to do with physical, like the body. Oh, you're and... a smart girl. Mm-hmm. Oh, stop all right, all right. My, my medical series. <laughs> But yeah, like I don't yeah. know, like just like you know. Yeah, let what? me let me educate your audience. You know, you yes, feel yeah. <laughs> well, All right. <clears throat> so my sister, mm, I have a backstory. You understand? I have. I actually have a story that that actually kind of gave birth to this whole thing. So when I was in SS one in GHS. Mm. Shalom remembers this because Shalom was there. <laughs> How can I forget? Ah, she can't oh, we went to Gold Springs. Yeah. Yes, I did. Gold Springs girls in the building. <laughs> you know, so so when I was in SS1, my sister, I was just I was just on my own though. I think I was even with Precious and he's about then. And like we were 
playing together or something. We were outside. And I think she wanted to do like a split or something. And I walked backwards, like to kind of give her space. Next thing I, I hear is it like a crack. Mm. And I see my leg in some very odd position, like my knee, the bone is like out to the side. Not like out, out, but you know, on the skin, you could see. So that was a dislocation. And I was just like, ah, what's going on? I was so confused. Like people started gathering and everything. So I remember that they took me to the sick bay and the nurse had to like basically reposition the knee. But that obviously caused some swelling and there was a lot happening, you know, so I had to go home the next day. And um, I remember, you know, going to the hospital. They, I mean, they, they I think they did an x-ray, saw that it was like a, a um, dislocation. And then next thing, they're placing me in a cast. Me studying physiotherapy got me to understand that that was the wrongest thing they would have they could have actually done because i will tell you right now that till date i am still in pain i am this was like seven years ago mm. i am still suffering the after effects of this thing mm? okay fine so after the whole cast episode and the cast had come off and everything and you know i was i i was taken to see if a physio that was the first time i ever heard about physiotherapy so they, I had about like four different physiotherapists, funny enough, which was very strange because I don't really see why I had to have four. But anyway, I had four different physiotherapists. I remember them using some electric thing on my knee to try and get the muscles working. And I remember doing like bike sessions, swimming, different things. So the last, my very last physiotherapist was the one, she, she owns a, a clinic around, I can't remember, I can't even remember Potakot anymore, but she owns one, like a spa slash gym slash you know she's a physio so she encouraged she was like why she was telling my mom that why can't your daughter study physiotherapy and i was like okay i'll look into it like it seems quite interesting and another thing is that i'm kind of a tomboy so it fits the fact that i like to play football mm. because i see myself like treating footballers and you know that kind of thing so yeah. i was like oh that there's an aspect of physio that that kind of touches on that I was like okay that this seems like a really nice thing to do you know and also I wanted to study um I was quite confused at the time I didn't really know what I wanted to go into but I knew it was going to be medical so I was like god you know somehow put this uh put this uh, put me on this track even though it was through a very messy accident but still I ended up you know going on that path so yeah. fast forward to when I Finally did my A-levels in Lagos in um, Bridge House and then um, got my admission into uni. Um, <clears throat> one day, I mean, I was still going through the pain. Like, I, I, I noticed that my right knee, if, I, if I'm walking up the stairs, is excruciatingly painful. If I kneel down, it's painful. You know, silly things like that. So I just went to the clinic. I was like, you know what, let me just get this thing checked out. Only for them to do an X-ray and an MRI and find like bony pieces under my patella so the patella is like the kneecap oh. you know and i'm like where how from where and they were like did you really have a dislocation i said yeah that's what happened and they were like these people did not manage you properly and i said yeah i know that trust me i am very much aware you know so i had to then have a surgery imagine for an injury that i had then five years ago i had to have a surgery to take the pieces out then i i i i, I rehabbed myself for the first eight weeks before I then came back to Niger on the, this was about summer, I think 2019. Yeah. I came home and then I had, I had another physiotherapist. 
So you can imagine like the trauma, like this thing, ha- this thing stopped me from playing football. Like I can't play football again. My, if my surgeon hears that, he'll be so pissed. I can't play football again. I can't do a lot. I can't run. Like, I feel like my body has forgotten how to run properly. Or if I run, there's a lot of load. There's a lot of pressure and it's so painful. I know that I'm, I'm, you know, uh, putting on weight because my knee starts, it's like the first signal, you know, it starts to give me that signal that, look, it's flaring up again, that kind of thing. So imagine that kind of, like, it's, it's changed my life just because these people didn't handle me properly. And I just look, I just look back, like, why should it have been that way? It doesn't make sense to me. Because I even have a friend from the same Gold Springs that he, I think he had a, a, an elbow fracture. And my guy developed a contracture. A contracture is when your muscles shorten in a position. So your hand will not be, remain like that forever. Do you understand? The only way to, to loosen it up is surgery. And I'm like, why on earth should that guy have a contracture from a fracture? Something that here we can, you know, from day one post up, we see the patients and they're getting back on their feet. And, you know, but these things are being left out in Niger because of laziness or I don't even know what it is. Like, they're not thorough enough. Do you get? So it's like these people basically, dis- I wouldn't really say they destroyed my life, but they, they had such a, a huge impact that it's, it's thrown me on this course or on this quest to fix things, which I know is not possible. Like, it's not, it's not actually possible, but I can start somewhere. Let's put it that way. You get so that is really the backstory behind like how like who I am now and why I'm on this path. You get so um so yeah, and and I think you wanted me to kind of explain physiotherapy itself is is more like a it's like a it's the is would I use the word it's like the medicine of, of the human body. Or the physical aspects so more like your movements your movement analysis walking you know transitioning from one place to the other those kind of things those kind of things so say for instance you had a surgery we would be the ones to kind of get you back on your feet and we like physiotherapies are in almost everything there's physiotherapy for oncology so cancer patients there's physiotherapy for people that have poor breathing like um, respiratory issues lung long um surgeries you get there's physiotherapy for heart surgeries there's physiotherapy for sports which is what people know there's um neurological physiotherapy as well so people that have like stroke or um any neuromuscular um neuromuscular disease you get so like there's actually physio in a lot of things even pregnant women so different 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 aspects so a lot of people see physio as come and massage my back oh i'm having back pain come and rub my legs nonsense the thing that annoys me when I hear, I hate it because I'm like, ah, you don't even understand. Like, I've been in uni for, I did not go to university to come and be rubbing your back. What's that? You know? So, so yeah, yeah. It's a really broad, you know, it's a really, really broad field that, that people are yet to even understand. You know, like, in the whole of my A-levels, I was the only person going to study physiotherapy and why a lot, <laughs> you know? So imagine that like in the world there's that there's not even that many and then a nigerian female physiotherapist my dear we're gold trust me <laughs> a very rare <laughs> so yeah that's that's the story yo. that's that's the story man mm-hmm. studying in the uk like how was it like mm. 
the physiotherapy and all that and like facilities were there like enough facilities for you to like learn and yeah. like be comfortable and all that yes um okay so i'm going to say that i mean i'm going to give england that credit that honestly i don't even care which university you go to like everything is top-notch i mean compared to where i'm coming from you understand i would definitely feel like everything is top-notch because um from equipment to services to facility everything is just on point because you know like we have how we do how we do our um, classes is like we have the lectures on like maybe one or two days a week then we have tutorial classes then we have practical so practical classes are done in the labs where you have like um, like the beds or it's called plinth so you have the plinth and then you know you can do the several techniques that you actually learn during the the lectures you can carry them out with your partner or with your group or whatever you know you can carry them out in the lab so mm-hmm. yeah with regards to that ah uh, no they are really really on point and you know they are extremely supportive as well the um, lecturers are extremely supportive you know you have all their contacts you can email them talk to them whatever anytime and they're they're they really really friendly so um so yeah, it's, it's I think it's really um it's one it's one good thing that my or one good choice that my parents made like getting me to study in England. It's a really really good one because um yeah, I think they are really rated highly and also even in terms of recognition like outside anywhere in the world. Yeah. See uh in England they're like, "Well, okay, yeah. You know, it's very very much recognized." So yeah, yeah. Hmm. Hintrosum. Very <laughs> hintrosum. Mm-hmm. So yes, moving on into the healthcare system in Nigeria. Yeah. I don't even know. When I was doing this episode, I was like, God, please give me the strength. Yeah. Because there are so many things wrong with the healthcare system in this damn country. Like this is not <laughs> in the country. Well, I'm in the jungle, basically. <laughs> I'm in the fucking trenches. Trust but me. like there are so many things wrong. And when you just like sit down and you think about it, I'm like, is it yeah. even like you're so you're already surviving for your life as a Nigerian. Being a Nigerian mm. is an extreme sport, especially if you're in Nigeria. It and is. then they are trying to kill you <laughs> with their way of life and infrastructure. <laughs> and then when you now go to the hospital, you're like, am I safe? Yeah. Because whenever I go to the hospital, any small thing, oh my back is aching, my stomach is aching me, is malaria. Mm. Mm-hmm. Always you prescribe you malaria them. drugs. No, you blame them. Yeah. I blame them no. because okay, <clears throat> okay, I understand. I understand them. Obviously, I'm not going to excuse their laziness or like some people that don't just care. But then yeah. the whole point of the whole malaria thing is, you know how if you check like WHO, all these um, organizations, them Nigeria mm. is one country that malaria is our top top. You get yeah, so yeah. and already when you go to the hospital, even as a doctor, when I'm in the hospital, when a patient comes in and they are like showing symptoms that are similar to malaria, even if it's just one symptom, it's very mm. for me to first suspect malaria. But mm. what the bad thing they do is instead of them to suspect it in their head or within themselves as professional and then investigate further to rule out other diagnoses. They just come to you straight and tell you, oh, it's malaria. Yes. And they don't care to check more. 
So exactly. for them, for them having the mindset that it's malaria, that is not so bad. But then for them not to try to rule out other things oh, that, that might be exactly. there, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. where they now do. That's where it goes wrong. Because you're going to them and you're complaining, mm-hmm. um, I've not slept, I, I don't have appetite, like my stomach is hurting me, like mm-hmm. I can't close my eyes. Already, they're already prescribing, yes, you have malaria, so you take this like once in the morning, once in the evening, then yeah. you drink this. Or if it's not malaria, you, you don't have blood in your body. Like, there's always <laughs> something. Blood. There's always something. Okay. They'll tell you to buy blood tonic, or they'll tell you mm-hmm. to do one thing. And then another thing where the Nigerian medical system is very somehow, is because it's quite expensive. Because I know, like, from what my friends abroad have told me, like, mm. there are some things that are free and there's insurance. And Nigerians are very, I don't know, like, they don't really believe in insurance or think that is a necessity or is important. But it's actually important, like, every type of insurance, medical insurance, car insurance and everything. Yeah. So, like, people that don't have, like, that any minimum wage in Nigeria, 30K, you're telling them that they have some illnesses and they have to pay drugs of 15K or they need to do, like, chemo or something, like... The yeah, medical system true. is not inclusive in Nigeria because, I mean, they will not resort to all these stupid people that, like, announce all these things in Nigeria. Like, yeah. you, you just see them on the road. Hey, it kills malaria, it kills yeah. cancer, it kills yeah. STDs. Like, you're pushing them to that side. Mm. Or they'll probably go and do, like, the traditional version of, like, malaria drugs. And this one, they do Agbo. Like, it's grass and some weird Because <laughs> I know I drank it, like, two months ago. Sorry. Oh, God. <laughs> As everybody at home drank it two months ago, I was like, yeah. I was drinking it morning and I was like, Jesus, this is my life. <laughs> like, you see, um, so I'm going to kind of bring you guys back a bit to the, to the, because I think it really, really links into the um, system as a whole. So, you know, the people you are bringing up within the educational um, sector or you know their background is what lays the foundation to a good system that's what I think so now for, for instance as I'm here I honestly feel like the way they teach us here is is to make sure that you are as thorough as you can be you know mm. because you know I have I've had throughout my three years I've had um six or seven clinical placements we call them placements so like rotation but you know six or seven clinical placements in within um different sectors of of physiotherapy now it's partly like you for you to choose what you would like to do but at the same time also for you to get a feel of like what's the healthcare what's what it's like to be in a hospital and on each placement, or from placement to placement, I know how much I've developed from the one placement to now, in terms of confidence, in terms of how thorough I am and all that. You know, we're taught, yes, how to be thorough. We're taught how to respect consent. Consent is literally like the number one. If they don't give you, if a patient doesn't give you consent to treat, to touch them, or more, don't do anything. Else. In your notes, yeah. if you're documenting, you must. The first thing you're writing is the patient gave consent. You oh, know, he signed so, off. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so we're taught that. We're taught that, you know, like the patient is right. You know, we're taught that the patient is the center of, of the treatment. So you, you need um, the decision of the MDT. That's the multidisciplinary team. So it's not just you. You have the doctors. You have everybody in collaboration. Now, as I'm learning all these things, I'm just looking at like the loopholes that we have in Nigeria. I don't even, like, a lot of times doctors are the are, are supposedly the 
this the last say you understand like they're the ones that have the final say to decisions that are made and i find that very ridiculous because i just think that you're not you don't just because maybe you spent 10 years in in medical school does not mean that you you know my body more than i do yeah yeah that doesn't mean so Mm -hmm. because we are taught to be autonomous like physiotherapists we don't actually answer to doctors what we say on our own end is what goes because we know that's our field Doctors yeah. don't necessarily know what we do, you know. So, imagine now it's, it's a system where you... Oh, yeah, and healthcare is free as well, by the way, I forgot to mention. So, mm-hmm. imagine, you know, a system where from the foundation, from the very beginning, they don't even know anything about clinical... How many rotations do they even have while studying? How many times have they been in the... In the uh, I think it was, it's even chemistry lab that they have. You know, all these is ridiculous. And how many times have they really been to the clinic to do what, I mean, you know, practice these skills and how often do they do these things to, to understand the basics? And then you push these people out on graduation day, expecting them to be giving you top-notch medical advice. How do you expect that to happen? When the foundation that, they, that was laid is not even that great, you know? So that's mm. what I've kind of come to understand that. Just like what um, Shalom was saying about you know, you already kind of like in your head because we are taught to actually diagnose things quick, yeah. But the difference between us here and Nigeria is that we go back to the drawing board, we always check, always double check, always. You don't rule anything out by just looking at the person, you don't make diagnosis on the spot. By fantasy. Yeah. Thank you. You can't do that. You must carry out your tests. You must. Yes, you might have it in your mind that ah, this thing is looking like. CPLs. This one is looking like uh, malaria, but you must carry out your test because that is just a hypothesis, and you need to like prove it. You understand? So that is where we get it wrong, or Dijah. That's where we get it wrong. We don't. We're not thorough enough. Complacency is is like the head of every hospital. Literally, people are laid back. You know, like I've seen stories of. I mean, there's one story that was even going around now the other day that this lady was transferred. I think they were trying to transfer her from a hospital or something, and she died. Why? Like, it doesn't make sense to me. So many things that can be avoided. Yeah. I am a victim of the system. So I can, they pain me, you understand? Like, I can't even give you that experience. Like, it pains me because these things are tiny ass things, eh, that can be avoided. And nobody's saying that in England, people don't make mistakes. Nobody's saying that. But these people learn from these mistakes. But you see, yeah. us, like I say, we get coconut. Like, <laughs> kids, the coconut head is serious, so it's plenty and it's everywhere. Yeah, we and it's learn. really bad. Yeah, we don't learn. We don't go back auditing. We don't do anything. We just move on like, oh, yes, there they died. You know? Sorry. So it's just, yeah, yeah. That, that brings me to my own problem with yeah. the system accountability. So if you look at the UK, for example, I really studied the NHS and how they work. Exactly. The way the system is, is, for example, a junior doctor, after two years, you write an exam to test your knowledge. Mm -hmm. It's not like they are saying that after two years, you don't have sense. Thank you. They don't want you to be (laughs) Exactly. And while you're doing that, there are your seniors, there are things like, for example, now, in the um, UK, as a junior doctor, there are things you're expected to know at, let's say, you're an FY1. 
And then your seniors, um, like consultants and people that are in charge of you are checking to make sure, okay, by the end of this month, you should be able to do this or you should have done this. But in Nigeria, there's no such accountability. Mm-hmm. Once you've graduated from medical school, you have your license. It's like, okay, that's the end. That's it. Too. Yeah. There's no further testing. There's nobody calling you back to say, okay, after two years of you practicing here, come back, let's test and see how yeah. far you have gone. In the NHS, there are documents. People can come back and check, okay, what did you do on this patient? Oh, I did this or I did that. At mm-hmm. what particular time was it done? Exactly. What is the dosage of this medicine? Why did you give this medicine? And it's not just one doctor that will just sit and say, hmm, I think malaria should go. Or I think paracetamol should be the treatment. Everybody is involved. So if there's any problem, you're not just taking the blame. It's now your seniors too. Why did you allow the junior to do this? You, the nurse, why did you administer when you mm-hmm. know this is not correct, even down to the cleaner in the hospital, will probably be taking the blame. You that mm-hmm. was walking past, you saw that you did not say anything. <laughs> I'm you. But in, in Nigeria, it's like just one doctor just walks in, blah, 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 blah. Okay. And maybe this. because he has like master's degree, PhD, yeah. like what yeah. exactly. Yeah. And he exactly. has been in the field for like 10 years. Like, he just, <laughs> just came. <laughs> you can't tell him what to do because yeah. you're disrespecting him. Exactly. So it's not like more of senior. Instead of, we now, the the system is now based on elders. Oh, for example, I can have someone that is a junior doctor, but they are older than me. And because of the fact that they are older than me, I can't tell them Mm -hmm. that this diagnosis is wrong or this approach, this surgical uh, surgical approach is not the correct thing because, ah, I'm disrespecting my senior. Or they will blacklist you and I make sure they give you nice treatment. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So, you see, all those, all those, like, very petty things is what is killing the system. And they're not ready to grow generally as a country. At all. Other countries are looking at improvements. Every little thing in other countries matter. They are looking at research. Okay, in the US, they discovered this new way to treat, let's say, um, carcinoma. And they are thinking, okay, how can we adopt it into our system? In Nigeria, they're just telling you, Ma, sorry, you have a cancer. Goodbye, go and die somewhere. <laughs> when there's clearly a treatment that is being yeah. in so many different countries. But in Nigeria, it's like, it's not my business. If it's not something that medicine can, I give you a tablet. And if it's not something tablets can solve, or I open yeah, you up your and own. move your, mm-hmm. your appendix, then mm-hmm. sorry, I can't do any other thing for you. And yeah. as much as as much as I want to, you can't really blame. Do you know what funny thing? The funny thing is when you look at statistics of other countries, Nigerians are thriving in other countries. Yeah. Thriving <laughs> in medicine, thriving in a business, thriving so much. So it's so heartbreaking that in our own country, we're country, not there's nothing. That, that foundation to thrive. Exactly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. seniors are the seniors are on their own mindset that okay, I was taught in nineteen eighty that you should use this injection. So hmm. even in 2001, it should still You must still use that injection, yeah. Like, it's so sad that even when you come with your own knowledge from outside, mm-hmm. because when you come with your own knowledge from outside, they are like, you that just came, me, I've been in this field for 20 years. So what you can't tell me what to I do. I have, exactly, I have more experience than you. I yeah. have this than you. There's no opportunity for us to say, okay, I understand what you're saying. Let's think about it. Or let me learn. Or let's discuss Senior doctors are not going back to school to relearn new methods. 
is what they learned from 30 years ago in med school. They are still taking in. Mm-hmm. Some of them take long breaks. They don't do surgery. And one day they just wake up and say, okay, you know what? Today I feel like doing surgery. And nobody is holding them. <laughs> nobody is holding yeah. them accountable for the fact that how can you take a five years break? You did not do any surgery. And, today and then you just, you just come years. back. Hmm. And then in terms of like thoroughness, like, I mean, mm. the medical, like, world, everything is evolving. Like, new viruses are coming out, new bacteria, yeah. new illnesses. So, they're actually supposed to go back to the drawing But Okay, yeah, so this is what just happened. This is what came out. Not, you know, in Nigeria, you know, concerned them. Hmm. That's, I, I think, I, I think that, you know, you know the point you made about um money being involved in, in, in you know, like, um can people afford, can people not afford? Yeah. You know? Now, that's one side of it. There's the other side of things where, People, I mean, you you see the whole age thing coming. I don't, I can't wrap my head around that thing because this is a human life we're talking about. And you're bringing in age. Are you joking? That's what, and it's the African, I don't know where that is the African thing. I don't know what it is, but we that thing comes in a lot. Politics, religion is in a lot Everything, of you understand? Yeah. Yeah. So that is one major root issue that we have. So yeah, there's, that's, there's that. Then, Another thing I've noticed here is that, for example, I just I just finished a, a like a short two week placement, and I had I had an educator like a supervisor that is probably maybe sixty or or fifty something. I don't know, but she's quite old. So she's been in physio for about thirty something years. So she's been in physio since she was nineteen nineteen eighty whatever. But my 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 guys like this lady is still up to date. She's still using methods that we're using now, like methods that I just graduated and just knew. She knows them. And she's still applying them to her practice. Because these people are made to always go back to the research, current yeah. research. We work based on current practice. There's so many things. Let me even bust your head. Massage, eh? Mm. I should not be telling people this because it's a selling point. But <laughs> the fact is that massage is not, is not actually like evidence-based there's no evidence backing like massage that is like super effective it's just that it tricks the mind or the brain to feel like you feel good after so you feel ah this thing has helped my pain or whatever but the fact is that there's no evidence backing it so a lot of practices don't use massage in england we just use it based on no just help these people let's make them feel good. <laughs> yeah you get mm. so that is evidence-based practice and 99% of the clinics here work based on evidence. But Niger, hey, God have mercy. Imagine, imagine like what Shannon is saying, that someone is using an injection from, from the 80s or the 90s. How, how does that apply to, to now? What you get? It's so, just recycled yeah, years yeah. of practice being yeah. still used, exactly. which is so sad because it's endangering lives. It is, it's that is the thing. That is what I don't really understand. That are these people really in this thing to save lives? Because, and then now you now think about the monetary aspect of it. Hmm? How can you blame them when their salary is nothing yeah. to write home about? Exactly. There's no motivation. There's no motivation. But, but Sylvia, uh, sorry, I said Sylvia. But Susan, you mm-hmm. won't actually say money because. Nigeria is not the only country, and I'm not. I'm not giving excuse yeah, for course, the bad course. salary. But I was looking at, like I said, I'm very interested in NHS for some weird reasons. Yeah. Junior doctors. Before you continue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, my dear. This topic is just hot. What's the meaning of health service? 
NHS. Okay. Is there is their health whatever, health body. All right. So, right on, right for on. example, I was looking at NHS, that is yeah. the health service in the UK. Yeah. And a lot of protests from junior doctors that they are not paid well okay, and actually, work a lot of hours and stuff like that's that. That's very true. But then none of the junior doctors can come and say, Oh, why I decided to kill these patients is because <laughs> they were not gave paying me. Just <laughs> gave me five pounds last exactly. night. Exactly. <laughs> so as it's much true, as I know it can be frustrating. Like there was one time on Twitter, recently the doctor reduced further reduced the salaries of nurses and junior doctors in Nigeria. Mm. And there was this whole rage on Twitter. And then some other sort of people were saying, oh, you're a doctor, your work is to save life. Why are you bothered about the motivator? And yes, if we need money, you don't just want to work long hours and know at the end of the day, someone is going to give you peanuts. But then mm. we cannot allow doctors to give that as excuse for not true. doing the right Very things. True. Like, oh, you're yeah. not paying me enough. It's not like the the low the low salary is a new development. It's something that has been there before you entered medical school. But you did what you still entered. Okay. It's something that will probably be there for a while. So you should already know that okay, when I'm entering this place, I'm probably going to be paid paid less. You understand? Yeah. So mm-hmm. you should yeah. not although the government needs to do something about it, doctors need to be paid more. And paid what they deserve, but as doctors, we cannot use that as, as excuse of giving low service. This is people's life. Most of the people that are, that are dead from these bad services have nothing to even do with the payments and government. Yeah. So they are suffering for what they did not do. It's and true. I have one point about this, the insurance. Now, even if Nigerians have people that cannot afford the insurance that are poor, so as other countries in the US. They are poor people. Mm-hmm. They have insurance in the UK. They are poor people that have and have not insurance. But mm-hmm. in Nigeria, it's not even about my pockets. It's more about they do not believe in the system. Can you yeah. invest in a system you don't believe in? It's Imagine true. if I come to you and tell you, okay, I want you every month out of your already low salary. I want you to keep out one thousand naira. that you know that the next time you might go to the hospital with the money they might kill you (laughs) (laughs) it's true so so there's no motivation for you to even say okay let me make that sacrifice there are lots of people in the uk that complain that the the money being deducted from their insurance is not very convenient but at least they can keep their mind that okay if i'm sick any day it will be of benefit exactly mm -hmm, it will be a benefit for this little sacrifice they're removing from my from my salary one day is going to be beneficial for me. But then if there's no system, if all these things are happening, even now some private companies in Nigeria are trying to set up health insurance and trying to collaborate with like private hospitals. But that wouldn't go so far. Yeah, because people still need to believe. First, before private hospitals can try very well, the public hospitals need to do well too. As it's yeah. That's the thing. That's one thing that some private hospitals don't want to accept. They feel like, oh, if I have the best hospital in Nigeria, even if the university, the um, teaching hospital is dying, my own is going to thrive. But they don't understand that if the public hospital is dying, it affects them too. Because yeah. it's, it's both ways. If people don't trust the teaching hospital, 
they cannot trust they you trust. the private hospitals yeah and there's already stigma enough like sometimes it's, when you like see people that like don't have like the poor people or less privileged when you tell them ah let's go to private ah they will not treat me okay. well and I don't they have will not yeah. exactly yeah. so they won't even want to put themselves in that kind of situation yeah. to be like intimidated or like underlooked because they are dressed in the type of way or they don't have as much as other yeah. patients <clears throat> It's and true. then another mm-hmm. issue for me because this one this was something personal this one is yeah. very personal to me like there are not enough there not even enough there are no basic basic amenities in the healthcare system in nigeria like ambulances 911 like health <laughs> um health lines nothing yeah. and then there's this thing they do like when you get shot in nigeria like they won't atten- they won't attend to you no matter the time like they don't care like everybody's scared they don't want police to come and everything but yeah. then i'm like you pull are doctors you pull are medical practitioners your first I don't know if you guys took an oath, but like your your first main priority is to save a life. Yeah. Because a few years back, my they shot my uncle mm-hmm. um in Port Harcourt and they shot him around wow. 1 a.m. So we took him to like he was with my grandmom because we were staying really far, but we we're trying to like get to them and all that. So she they, they were in a cab and they went to like I think more than four different hospitals and the Nigerian Navy Medical Center was one of them, and all of them rejected him. Nobody wow. refused to take That's him. And he was shot 1 a.m. and he finally, a, a hospital finally accepted him by 7 a.m. Oh my God. Can you imagine? Like, literally, they shot him like between his stomach and then the bullet came out from his back. Eh? And nobody oh, attended serious? to him. He was bleeding out in the car. And then finally, a private hospital, I think, wow. attended, took him in. And then, although he died two days later, but oh, you can't see my drift. Yeah. yeah. Like, how do you reject somebody like, you're seeing somebody's fighting like nothing. My grandmother begged, she was crying, he was crying. They were telling, Please take me, please, please. I will die. That kind of thing. No and empathy, nothing. at all. Zero. Till that was wickedness. Senior, senior colleagues who say, Oh, I was treated badly in med school, so I want you to suffer the way I suffered. Oh, I then don't want problems with the police because in no, their mind, you, you think just they feel... care? No, you think they care about because... the police. Because Trust in Nigeria, me, it's just like, oh, he got shot, so he's an amrabah, he's a cultist, yeah, so things, they don't want yeah. problems. And yeah. I'm like, are you people not meant to be saving lives? But like, I don't, it's just, there's just That'd so many good. things. See, I feel that. like, I feel like their fear for yeah. the police is the least of their problems. That is yeah. what they tell you is the problem, but that is the least of it. They don't just have empathy for you. Is it, yeah. Because yeah. if it's just about their fear for the police, why are they turning back people that have non-gunshot related wounds? Thank you can you. go to the hospital with something that is not related to gunshots, but they are too scared. Or one, they don't just care about you and they turn you back. So it's not even about the fact that they are scared you're an arm robber or police. That's the list of their problems. Because what is the chances that, that the police will come and raid the hospital? And find you. you like, <laughs> <laughs> what are the chances first that the police will even find their arm robber in Nigeria? Secondly, what are the chances that the police mm. will raid a hospital? <laughs> Thirdly, what are the chances that the police will arrest nurse for treating a patient in Nigeria? Like, uh, so that is the least, least of their problem. There's no empathy. Like, you know, okay, I'm watching this medical series now on Netflix called um, The Good Doctor. And I just see how much, like, when a case is, like, in front of them, even when it seems impossible, like, there are some cases that you know that you just have to tell the patient, sorry, there's nothing we can do. But instead of them to think about that first, they try to empathize with this patient. Like, oh, imagine if it's me, like mm-hmm. it's my friend, mm-hmm. or it's my wife, or it's my daughter, or my daughter. Yeah, let, yeah. let me let me let me try to push 
push at much treatment. Let me think of something. Let me try to watch this video that will bring you suggestion. Yeah. But like, there, there's no empathy. Once you just come, they're just looking at you like an object. Okay, you have headache. They're not even asking. <laughs> yeah. You know something? Left or right side. They never ask, is it left or is it left or right side to try to get like yeah. an objective on what okay. kind of headache? Objective. Just like, <laughs> you have headache. Okay, paracetamol. In fact, go to that pharmacy. That pharmacist that has no license with anybody. Go there. I'm going by. Go to that chemist and buy paracetamol. So, so there's no form of care. They don't care. They're, oh, if you don't have the money, get out. Mm-hmm. If you have the money, stay. And also, that's, patients that's on the scary. other hand, mm-hmm. patients mm-hmm. on the other hand don't do better. I have a doctor that studied abroad. So he is not used to the whole harsh Nigerian um, healthcare system. So his mm-hmm. policy in his hospital is when you come in, whether you have the money or not, he will treat you first and then you pay later. Simple. Now, trust Nigerians to take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. You get he was complaining to me how his hospital is like running on a bit of negative because a lot of patients then that he has treated have refused to pay their medical bill. Wow. You see now, so even if you also want to be that good doctor, this, the, all these patients don't even encourage you because you can treat somebody for something as little as 5,000, but the fact that they are well now, they will run away and never come back again to give you that little You say we be our problem for this country. You, you, you understand? <laughs> so mm. Even if you say you want to be that good doctor, there's so many things that limit yeah. you. Mm-hmm. So our mindset is first base of the problem. Yeah. We have a terrible mindset terrible, in Nigeria. Terrible, very terrible. 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 From we are very selfish to using religion as the as the cover for all the negative things going on, to so having yeah. to illiteracy, to thinking that Lack of um, empathy, respect, respect is only about when I say yes, sir, yes, ma. To everything is just the whole. Our mentality is the main ah, problem. It's bad. It is because there was even because I watch, like I said, I watch a lot of medical series. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there, there's this, there are these two um, episodes that really stuck with me. Um, I was watching New Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. So the emergency room, they brought this woman in. She's, she's, I think she was white or she's, I don't know. I think she's Indian or something, something like that. So they were trying everything with her, drugs, like um, IVs, drips and everything. And nothing was mm-hmm. working. Like she was still getting worse. She was still complaining that um, her, um, her, she was dizzy and she couldn't stand, like so many um, things. Mm-hmm. So everybody was like, ah, what, what could be the problem? They they will bring like different diagnoses, but and then the drugs attached to the diagnosis, but it wasn't still working. So I don't even know how they fish. They kept on because another thing, yes, another thing Nigerian doctors don't do is they don't ask questions. Because mm-hmm, if, mm-hmm. if if I go to them now, oh I'm mm-hmm. stuck, my stomach is aching me. When last did you have sex? Um, are you on this? Are you on that? Like I swear down. They don't ask the right questions. questions. Like they yeah. don't dig deep. Because this doctor now started like getting to know her, like, how are you? Do you have mm-hmm. family members? Like, where do they stay? Where did you travel on holiday? And as when they now found out that she traveled to Africa like a few months back. Mm-hmm. And then they now actually did a dance on her. She actually had malaria, and that was what was wrong with Can her. Can you imagine? Yeah. And then wow. when I was watching 911, because this woman, she's um she's a 911 um and this thing, she's the she's in the medical um 
rich program like if you call 901 and you have a medical issues like it's them that will come and meet you so her, yeah. her mom fainted so they took her to the hospital because she's black and her mom is black and the doctor was white so the doctor was like oh she's old that like your mom is old she probably has high blood pressure and everything and the woman was telling her that i work for the health center and stuff like that so i know that this might not be the problem that can you check again he was like no there's no need there's no need that she will be fine she'll be fine he was like can you like do something else again just to make sure like i don't feel right about this yeah. whole thing so he said, no, there's nothing, there's nothing. Then they discharged her. Then she came back again. And apparently, when he discharged her, she had high blood pressure. When she came back, they now found out that she had, she was actually having a heart failure. Wow. And then he was not like, she was not, she was not para, you know. She was not like, I don't know if it's because of my skin color. Because I told you, my intuition was telling you that you should check. And the guy was not like, um, I've had so many, um, um, this thing, like, um, issues and incidents. Like, I didn't know and everything. And she was like, that's not what I'm talking about. As a doctor, when your patient keeps on telling you, I feel this certain type yeah. of way, check it. Check it. Listen to them and do. You never did that. So what if something happened to my mother? She was not like that. You're part of the problem and all and all. And then that made me realize that there was this time my aunt was sick. So the, this, this hospital is only prostate cancer they, um, they treat in Portaco. Like, that's what the hospital is for. Mm-hmm. But they admitted her. And I'm like, why did people admit her when she obviously has malaria and typhoid? So what do people want to treat mm-hmm. when you people are doing, like, prostate cancer and everything? And then they gave her wrong drugs. Like, when you're supposed to give mm-hmm. somebody, like, 250 ml, they gave her 400 ml instead. Mm. And her body shut down. Like, she couldn't walk. She couldn't talk. She couldn't do anything. She was always crying. And nobody knew what the problem was. Everybody just thought, like, because I was going to go and take care of her some nights. Everyone just thought that, oh, it's the typhoid, the drugs, and everything. It was now a few weeks later, we went to another doctor. And they now saw that the mileage for the drugs they gave her was too much. And her body mm. couldn't, like... Handle it, yeah. 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 And I'm like, what are you people doing exactly? Mm. And then when you now think of that, another thing... I have personal issues with Nigerians. And there are not enough gynecologists and obstetricians like in Nigeria. Mm-hmm. And we actually need a lot of those because, I mean, the, the, the female body is changing because yeah. there was one time I had issues with my period. For like five years, I was having serious issues with my period. Like, I was so scared because in a day, I would change my pad like seven, seven to ten days. I would change my pad like seven to ten times in a day. Mm-hmm. And my flow was not normal. And I started seeing my period like just two. Mm-hmm. And... I had never had anything like cramps or pains till I got to 200 level. Everything just changed drastically. So I went to the hospital because it wasn't normal because my mom was scared and everything. And they were like, um, is your daughter sexually active? Like, um, awkward when she did, when she, and I'm like, what <laughs> is wrong with you people? Like, what, what kind of thing? I, I was in so much pain. And then I found out that my cousin recently, she was not on her, she was not seeing her period for three months and she's just 18. And they told her that it's because of stress. I'm like, what kind of stress can an 18 year old pass through that she won't see her period for three good months? Wow. So, like, the, the whole diagnosis thing, like, is very irritating because when you're supposed to ask the rights and important question you'll be asking if somebody when did they do this when did they do that like there's just so many things wrong and it's scary because it's what they say that goes so you like me now that I didn't study medicine like you mm. guys like shalom is studying uh, medicine you study physiotherapy so now mm. you now as medical practice um medical in the medical field you know that okay this is not it this might be something else exactly. yeah. okay, so me i'm taking your word for it but meanwhile i know that as a woman, my body is changing. So, like, my period from last year won't be the same thing as this of year because we're, like, going through changes. But then they'll just say, it's normal, Joe. There's nothing there. And they're only for you to find a letter that you might have ovarian cyst or something. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. There's just so many things. It's true. Um, re- re- with regards to the thing about the questions, hmm, 
Mm. This is one country I've seen that they are extremely detailed. Ah, as in down to who do you live with, who um, uh, what do you have in house? Do you have a cat? Do you have a dog? Extremely, like I'm taught to ask those questions to create that rapport because I recently worked alongside a consultant. And, you know, the guy was teaching me about, like, having that rapport with your patients. Because the fact is that when you notice or when you see or dig into their history, you tend to find the answer to your question. Question, you yeah. Understand? You understand? Mm. Yeah, you tend to, to find the answer. So you need to actually know that patient. Even if it's 100 patients you have, you need to know each and every one of them down to which dog or cat they have. Because that can help you that can be the difference between a wrong or right diagnosis you know so that's that's yeah that's regarding the whole questioning thing now in terms of um the gynecologist and stuff i mean honestly speaking here every street if i'm not even exaggerating has one uh, sexual health clinic or a female whatever clinic because they are so big on all those kind of things they're big on mental health they're big on feminine uh, female health you know all this kind of stuff i literally like i can just walk into a clinic and say i want to have like a pap smear or something and they ask the appropriate questions they've i've mm. never ever since i got here been asked if i'm sexually active never what are they asking me that for do you understand like mm. how does that affect your diagnosis it doesn't give you the clues to what's going on with me so why ask that it's irrelevant and you find that patients now kind of like shy away and don't even want to talk because of awkward questions like that mm-hmm. you don't make your patient feel comfortable by doing those kind of things it's not all right or you know keeping the parents in the in yeah the that kind of thing when you're asking where's the privacy yes if they're less than because here what the, the rule is that less than 16 you must have your, your parent around or parent or guardian but if they're above 16 what are you there for that's the whole point of privacy but you see that we don't regard privacy, nothing like that. You, what are you being private for in, as a child? <laughs> you're not married, you cannot be private. No. Exactly. Oh. Even as you're married, and you're, you're even not even when you're married, uh-uh. you get what I what who gave you the right to be private for what? So you see that, but it's still trace. All these things we're talking here. It's like a, it's like a, a vicious cycle. Like, you yeah. can't break out of from it. older generation. Yes, you go back in time and see that these things are deep rooted. From every aspect that we have a problem, eh? Just go back to history. You will see that that is where it came from. So it is now spilling into healthcare, which is the one of the worst areas it should even spill into because this, these are people's lives that you are playing with, you know? And the thing you said about your un- uncle, I mean, I see movies that portray these things that imagine someone had a road traffic accident. They bring this guy on a bike to the, to the nurse's station and these idiot nurses are saying, Oh, you have to pay a certain amount. Are you okay? Registration. My guy is you. bleeding there. Then they will not and give you one small card. Oh, and God. that's the consign. Registration. That is the is the is the is literally the only thing on their minds. I swear. They don't care even about the, that even the like. construction. Now look at that. Even the way that Nigerian hospitals are constructed, there's yeah. literally no emergency ward. Yeah. You exactly. see how, for example, exactly. in the in, for example, like in the UK, the way yeah. the hospitals are very big, even if they're small, they have yeah, there's an emergency. Yeah, exactly. an emergency. There's yeah. A, an emergency. When you walk in, you don't just walk into the hospital and say, "Hello, secretary, I want to see a doctor." <laughs> You're secretary. walking into the emergency <laughs> ward yeah. to get <laughs> admitted. 
But the yeah. way Nigerian hospital is, you're walking into a nurse slash secretary. Yeah. They're just going to probably carelessly chewing gum and just exactly. looking at you like, um, exactly. we have card. We Open have a file. All those problems. So, even if you're coming with something important, there's not mm. even that room that is yeah. that emergency yeah. room that we are rushing you into. Yeah. You get the first person you have to meet will have to be the nurse mm-hmm. or secretary, mm-hmm. which should be probably like, yeah. Oh, you will not even meet them. You probably wait in the waiting you room. Wait, 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 in your turn. Yeah. <laughs> wait in the waiting room, which is not is not good. Not you see, good. one one thing one thing um um Susan said that I wanted to stress on is the talk talking with your patient now even even though they do sometimes some of them try to talk to you in a way that will make you feel stupid they'll make you yeah, feel like you don't yeah. know what's going on mm-hmm. i remember in my ss1 or ss2 i had this bad stomach cramp and i think it was because like that period i wasn't eating so much i was stressed like i was going through kind of change so i was stressed i wasn't eating a lot so probably it was the stress and the fact that i wasn't eating that I was kind of developing like ulcer but it didn't get to ulcer i was developing ulcer mm. so that or maybe just the stress was just there sometimes that you just have gic changes due to stress like mm. it might not cause anything yeah. significant in your stomach but you might just be having like bowel movement changes like you're mm-hmm. throwing up or you're shiting more or something mm. so i went to the doctor to tell like i had i think i went home on a leave or was just a normal holiday and i went to the doctor with my mom and I was trying to explain to the doctor that I have pain in my tummy. And the doctor point, like, asked me where. And I pointed, and the doctor just, in a very, like, sarcastic way, like, all this intimidating way, like, mm. there's no even organ there where you're pointing. And... Yeah, in my head, I was like, I started thinking, like, at that time, in SSON, I just started thinking to myself, uh, am I faking this symptom? <laughs> I'm so sure that my tummy has been paining me and is right now still paining me. Yeah, where I'm pointing at the doctor. And he was like, huh, there's no organ there, but anyways, I'll check. No, first of all... <laughs> <laughs> what kind of thing is this? First of all, the fact that you're telling me that there's no organ there, I'm still doubting a lot of things I should tell you. I swear. Maybe there are more things I should tell you. Like, I didn't tell him about the fact that I'm stressed in school or mm-hmm. I've not been eating a lot, mm-hmm. which could should have been a major like thing to help him diagnose what is going on for me. Yeah. But yeah. from that first sentence, he has already downplayed Oh, what is that temperature? Okay, they check temperature, weight, height, all those major yeah. things. There. And then they forget the important thing, the history, what is going on in your life? Mm-hmm. What is happening to you? Just where is the pain? I pointed. <laughs> There's no organ there. <laughs> and that was the end of the <laughs> consultation. <laughs> that was the end of the consultation. Not hmm. even trying to understand why okay, where you're coming no from, like what yeah, happened. Yeah. Like no maybe is it the way you slept or cold or something? Yeah, all those things. Yeah. There are even times that you might have a pain. Um, I've forgotten the name of the issue. You might have a pain on your left side and it's reflecting on your right. Mm. There are illnesses that the pain occur opposite to where it's been affected. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the name. Is it rebound pain? I can't it's remember. It's referred pain. Mm. Refer- so the, the pain might be... So that might have been the situation. Maybe I was having something going on on one side, but the pain was going to another side. Yeah. But then it was just, oh, so how... 
already was feeling very somehow that oh i'm having she felt like i just transferred to a new school so i was already having difficulties adjusting so whenever i came home i used to complain a lot that oh i don't want to go back so she already felt that kind of like i was trying to i was trying to fake the sickness kind of because i didn't Mm -hmm. want to go back to school so (laughs) already she didn't really trust my complaint and plus, the doctor now added to the whole problem, making it look like I was just delusional. So, mm. me, I'm just sitting here like, okay, maybe I should just shut my mouth and just die of whatever is going on in my life right ah, now. Jesus, <laughs> I beg you. No, 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 like I'm saying at that point, you just imagine, you already know yeah. that your parents are kind of like doubting what you're saying. And you're going to the doctor with like your mind that, okay, the doctor will see something and prove you right. And, and then even, that one, too. and then that one doesn't even <laughs> prove you right or wrong. Is that okay, there? <laughs> no, I can't do. <laughs> oh, ah. like all those mm. things, them. I'm sure there are other people that have similar EM situations. Of course, where yeah, their symptoms definitely. has been like to tell them, oh, you're faking it, or no, it's not the way yeah. it should be, or if it was malaria, I would know. But mm-hmm. me, I'm telling you that I'm feeling the signs. Maybe it's not malaria, but I'm feeling signs and I'm thinking it's malaria. You're yeah. telling me it's not malaria. If it's malaria, I'm a doctor. You can't tell me what I learned exactly. for many years. Exactly. You can't tell me about my profession. Will you come and yeah. take my quotes? Like all yeah. these very unnecessary words there when all you need to do is listen. Just listen. Yeah, and listen, check. listen, listen reassure them. them, check. Exactly. If you know it's something like, for example, like my pain I had, if it was due to stress, a reassuring word from the doctor like, oh, maybe you're doing too much. Maybe you need to relax. Mm-hmm. Maybe he has seen that it's no problem. There's no organ dysfunction. He has noticed that maybe it's psychological. Like, yeah. you're sick when you're necessarily sick or something. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. just reassuring me that, oh, I understand you have pain. Maybe you should rest more. Maybe you should do this more. Just makes them feel okay. Sometimes what the patient needs is just a word from the doctor. Yeah. So going to yeah. Definitely. That reassurance. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. They don't even need that med. They just want the doctor to tell them, it's okay. Calm down. Mm-hmm. It's okay. That, I don't even think doctors in Nigeria go through psychiatry or psychology as one of their locations. <laughs> because when it comes to empathy communication with patients, anything that has to do with patient relationship aside administering drugs is always very bad. It's very poor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so, it's so <laughs> bad. Like, and psychiatry has to be prioritized in that country. Yeah, it does, definitely. Yeah. And then in terms of when you said communication, that mm-hmm. part, communication and English language, very, very necessary. Because yeah. it's not everybody that knows some kind of um, medical terms or big English or like sometimes you have to break it down to people mm-hmm. or like even mm-hmm. if they know okay this was wrong with them like just tell them okay do that this do that because my grandmom is staying mm-hmm. with me is staying with us at home so um we, we had to pick her from her house because she had the apparent according to the nurses I've been checking out she has been having high blood pressure even gave her malaria drugs without telling anybody and malaria drugs were, the, the millage and everything was so high for her and she's already taking like blood medicines like mm-hmm. Centrum and other stuff so they took her to the hospital and they were like, ah, what's wrong? She was like, ah, her blood pressure is very high. Okay, you're telling her her blood pressure is very high, but like, can you like tell her like 
what's what why it's like that like what is she doing is mm-hmm. she stressed is she sleeping well and all that anyway we went to the, the nurse again came we went to after we went to the hospital another nurse came and her blood pressure is too high blood pressure is, her blood pressure is too high then we had another nurse again come to the house like two days ago her blood pressure is too high blood pressure, like oh, wow. you're already scaring her like, <laughs> exactly can you like break this thing down for some because me when my mom was telling me i was like that this thing that doing it doesn't make sense because mm. the woman has said that she doesn't sleep well and when you sleep late, it also like increases your blood pressure. Because I know when I go yeah. to church, like they check my blood pressure, and I normally sleep like at least three, four, and my blood pressure is usually the highest. Like when they check, and, <laughs> and my mom will be like, "Oh, it's because she sleeps late and all that." So like you can tell them, "Oh, uh, maybe it's from you need to be eating this, you need to be sleeping early." They didn't tell her any of that. It was that she came here that she has actually been sleeping well. And I've been checking her blood pressure, and she has been eating well and eating fruits and everything. And she has actually reduced. Mm-hmm. But like you, as a doctor, proper communication. Even if she doesn't understand English, there's pigeon. If she doesn't understand pigeon like you can like say it in english and maybe somebody that speaks her language can translate for her yeah but like yeah. this particular communication thing is not very like it's not very paramount in nigeria because that's one another reason why old people don't go to the hospital because they are scared that all oh, those they'll call big um sickness for them what if now i go now they tell mm-hmm. me one thing or they'll give me drugs and i don't understand and most of these drugs are prescribing people don't even know another thing yes is when you're prescribing drugs nigerian yeah. doctors they don't even like give you heads up that oh okay let's check your blood work and everything let's see if you react to these drugs or something like that because yeah the person might be okay but that drug now might just worsen situations yeah because... they know them side effects yes mm-hmm. because there was this girl's tiktok i saw on twitter like she, i don't know how she because she she just gave birth and she took these drugs and then she didn't know that she was going to react different to the drugs and apparently the thing had something to do with her nerves and now it now made her blind so wow. me i'm like People actually don't educate people on the kind of drugs they take. Like, okay, now old people they can't be taking like very um, drugs with high um, millage or something because they're very old and they are weak. Their bones and organs are getting weak. So like that's another aspect. Then another one that is to bust my head. <laughs> Not anything that this thing is inexhaustible. Let me just hmm. tell you. Yeah, if you can talk all oh, day. Literally, about please. That How many minutes we have because ah. Is it just have like six minutes? I just want to drop this one because this one is happening in my backyard. (laughs) People are pregnant, and I'm hearing people you'll be hearing gist. Oh, this woman they rushed out to this woman's house. Like, when you're supposed to rush people to the hospital, because it's not all pregnancies that you can actually like do naturally, like C sections, or sometimes the baby can be upside down or something. Yeah, you just be here when you're passing on the street, you just be hearing women shouting, You're like, What happened? Oh, the the midwife there, she's helping out, and bear you in mind, they're not midwives, they're not supposed to be, of course, they're not like proper licensed i know so <laughs> this woman she apparently they took her to this woman so the woman can help her like um deliver her baby and all so there were issues in the middle of the night like around 12 one the baby refused to come out so i think the woman fainted oh. and the pe- person that was helping her bring her baby she was like madam wake up wake up wake up i'm like and then before anything happens, it's already late. How are you going to find taxi and order to put this woman and like transferring the baby and everything? Like everything's already out. Me, I'm yeah. just like sometimes people like to stress God because God has given us people that can help you, uh, like with sicknesses and illnesses. But you just decide, no, yeah, God will come to God. Leave God out of this. Yeah. If something happens, so you go to the doctor, rectify it. Don't be doing ah, I know my Jesus, if you save me. Okay. <laughs> I know, I know. It's 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 still because we are kind of um 
we're very deep into our yeah. religious aspect, you know. Like it's not deep. We just we are based we're on very false deep. hope. <laughs> no, we are basing on see, one before... thing you know is most countries that are based like very religious in mm. working, we just mm. have to rely on something. So coincidentally, mm. we now say, Okay, God, please come and help me. Mm. Because we have to base on that false hope when we see that okay, I don't have money or nothing is working out for me or something like that. Yeah. Even in advanced countries, there are Christians, people that have bigger faith. The Pope is not a Nigerian, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> after all this, mm-hmm. after all these practice we have been doing, none of the popes have been even Ghanaian close to Nigeria. Mm-hmm. But but in all these things, then when you go to these other countries, even with all this religion, they understand that what is important is important. Yeah. I can't sit in my house with high blood pressure and expect that one day the Holy Ghost to just come down and exactly. then bam, yeah, it's yeah. bounce back or something like that. And no, even sometimes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. even churches sometimes don't help. They preach the false hope to them. Yeah. You can see, I know I will not mention a church name, but I know churches <laughs> that preach to preach to their congregation that preach to their congregation that taking medicine is wrong Gabby I've heard of that like Oh my don't God. they know that I God see... works through medicine? This people, like it's ignorance, to be honest. It's ignorant because look, it's you can't say you're holier than me or something, and you have the Holy Spirit. Look, God, we know that. Like we have our beliefs that God is the one that can heal, but God can use a doctor to heal you, bro. Oh, God can you. use medicine. That's the fact. That's why so he has don't put those things yeah, there. Yeah, he, he has put, put them people, in place. Like, like yeah. you know, like you know what I'm saying. They, it's in the place. Go and use it because it's even in. the Bible says it that faith, uh, sorry, faith without works, works, is, yeah, is dead. So you see that that faith you have, you're having it, you're having your hypertension in sitting in your sitting room, but the work is not there. You're not going to you're the not hospital doing where yeah, expects to be healed. How? You know, and then when, so, when it's too bad, you run to the church and say, Oh, devil, God is a bad person. He killed the hell, it now backfires on your faith. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Your faith is now weakened. You're just spoiling when, things when, for yourself. When clearly the, he has given you what to do, it's basically in plain yeah. sight. When you're yeah. sick, you do this, do that, but you decide you don't want to do it. Yeah. You want to rely on face, um, false hope. You get and mm. generally we just need education in that country. It's like, yeah. yeah, it is. It is honestly Ed- education. Edu- education. Education and basic amenities and improvement in living conditions. Yes. Because even the yes. doctors, you're you're putting, you're, you're going to schools in Nigeria, like in after studying medicine and everything. Mm-hmm. The living conditions, like when they would leave the school to go and like practice in like different villages and stuff like that. Yeah, the beds. The of course, no. environment. Those and things then, are discouraging. You see, public hospitals they are using touchlight to operate on them. Um, <laughs> patients. <laughs> they don't, they've not had lights. They've not oh, played. Long you're, time. You're overworking them without pay. And yeah. Then the thing is, a tired brain can't save a life. At all. We forget At all. Burnout is real. Like mm-hmm. it's just this country is crazy. In fact, the healthcare system in this country is wild. It's fifty. It's wild. It's wild. Seriously, babe. Like if you don't have money, I'm sorry, you are on your own. Legit. Like you know how we work based on connection and money in this country. Yeah. That's all it's, that that can help you. Legit. The system. It's so it bad. has now so even bad. green. Even to live, you need to have live. connection. Imagine. You need Imagine. to have money to breathe. <laughs> and then the lack of proper education, like things we're supposed to know. Like now, mm-hmm. um, there's this girl in my neighborhood. She got pregnant at 17. 
so she has given birth and all. So um, my mom was like, "Have they taken measures so that like she's like okay, like because she got pregnant mm-hmm. at a young age, like yeah, they, mentally like, now, uh, exactly, mm-hmm. and physical and all that." They were like, she, "My mom was like, she heard that one woman took her for family plan." I'm like, "What the hell is family plan?" She was like, "Um, is that thing they do so that because the way she's going, this is how they quoted it." And I quote, yeah. "The woman said that the way she's going, she might get pregnant again, so they took her for family plan." I said, "Is it birth control?" Like, my I sister, don't know, what do you put me? Is, by it, family is that plan? the first thing? First it thing annoys you me about. so much. Ah, shalom. It annoys me. I tell you. Like, no proper education. You know, another thing with um, people, like, at least me now, like, I'm privileged enough to have, like, I have, I'm on, I'm active on social media. I can Google things. And then my education, like, some people don't have, most girls don't have what I have. The opportunity, of course. And then, like you said, like, religion and everything. So, some parents are like, no, don't do this. It's the westernized culture and everything. But meanwhile, we're actually supposed to have a process of education, like, sex education. Do this, don't do that, do this. Because some girls, apart from even the proper proper health education, too, because some girls, some people, they they don't even know that they're actually the ones killing themselves. Like, using Mm. bleach to wash, wash your pants. Yeah, those kind of things. Yeah. yeah, or like not washing your um private parts properly, or like mm-hmm. you, from you can even give yourself yeast infection from the kind of water you use and exactly. all that. And, and then lack so, of proper yeah. sanitary like pads, exactly. knowing when to throw away your part. Because I'm pretty sure some people that don't have pad, they use tissue leaves of and course, all that. Of course. So there's just a lot to work. There's on a lot. This. No, there's there's just so much. There's a lot. You can't even exhaust it. There's a lot. <sighs> ah, so. My dear, <laughs> God help us, though. God help us. <laughs> no, God is tired of helping us. <laughs> God, God, uh, now we get uh, God though, for this night. Uh, hey. <laughs> I'm sure at this point he's just tired because we are shouting, God help us. Literally, literally, and nothing is happening. The thing is, we are very lenient in the country. Imagine mm. when you see some things that happen in this in Nigeria, other countries, the way they react to it. Ah, for yeah. example, the most ridiculous thing is a snake swallowing money. In any country, even the worst country in the world, that should trigger people to be mad. That the oh, government okay. would think that they are stupid enough to actually put out that headline. They're yeah. going super but, story. Exactly. Uh, for the government are, to have joking. the courage to look at, like, I'm sure they looked at the headline, laughed at it, felt it was okay. Mm. That's how stupid they think we are. Do you understand how stupid yeah. No, but then, shalom, but you see something here. Eh? And the problem is that this thing, I always see, it might spiral another you get, but I'll just keep it brief. The fact is that we, as a people, mm, are we really serious? Let's just be very, very honest. The next thing you are saying, people are making skits about problems. People are because that I mean it's not our fault. That's the only way we know how to cope. We have to are tired of crying. But yeah. if, if, if the government don't sees, say don't say no. it's not our fault and we are tired of crying. <laughs> but what else do you want Susan, us to do? Susan, actually, what else do you want to do? Is it, is it... Wait, hey, good. Let eh? me, let me, should I tell you a thousand things we can do? Now look at Nigeria. Yeah. If you as a Nigerian, you feel that okay, your country is worse. But if you go and look at okay, let's look at like Arabic countries that are suffering from all this war against the US yeah. and stuff like that. Trust me, for example, a country like Yemen, trust me, they are suffering more like yeah, they are suffering more the, than yeah. Nigeria. So yeah. we are not the ones that have it the worst. So it's if true, we can sit down, but we decide that okay, we want to think that we are the worst. 
there's nothing we can do about it. We instead of us to fight, we are beginning to feel sorry for ourselves. True. Anything true. that happened, the first thing is, oh, a comedian will bring us kids. We use it hashtag. That's exactly what I'm saying. That's the problem we have. <laughs> and they're not taking hashtag us seriously. Joke. And yeah, look at the Twitter ban. Yes, look at the Twitter ban. We played VPN. about the VPN. We played about it. VPN. Everybody made joke. Oh, you don't download your VPN. You don't download your VPN. Yes. Everybody made joke about it. But that is not it. We are, let us stop saying that we have tried everything. What have we done? We have it's true. tried you're right. nothing. No, you're 100% right, man. You're we very have tried correct. nothing. See, the one thing we should know is the government is like 1% of the whole country. Yeah. Just imagine 1% controlling every single thing. Just 1%. Mm-hmm. If people can stand up and say, I'm tired, the thing is we are selfish. We just feel, oh, if my brother, the mother is eating, okay, good. My father has house, okay. Yeah. That's our mindset. That's what is killing mm-hmm. us too. We feel like we feel like if my family is okay or I'm okay, I don't care then about Then we're the good. Session. Yeah. When we should be asking, when we should be asking, okay, if today I'm okay, does mm-hmm. that mean tomorrow I'm going to be okay? And then this being your brother's keeper's thing that I even after the whole answers thing, I thought that okay, like if something is wrong with someone on the road, I will like you get because yesterday I saw on Twitter this girl was being strangled in her car and she honked her horn. Oh, and the okay. guy in front of her came down, he saw it that they were strangling her and like knives and everything. And he went back into his car as if he didn't see anything. And I'm like, yeah. obviously, this country you still have a very we long still way have to go. a way. You can't even begin to fathom. Literally, you can't begin to even fathom where to even start from. You can't. It is it is mind blowing. So that's why that's why you see people being selfish because they 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 have the same thing that the next person has the same feeling like you know what yeah like i think it's yeah, i don't want problem family. i don't want to the, the, the next person too i don't want Allah. the next person i don't want what do you think will happen in the whole you know the country as a whole some people might feel yes we need to work together but then if you don't have everybody on board what do you want to do so you see it, it this is the problem these are the problems and it's now eating into the healthcare. is eating and into different sect- yeah different things you get so, <gasps> my sister that's why i said that is why I said, God help us. I, I think we should use religion. Know. Religion might be a good way to push Nigerians. It's, but, no, it is. It is. But the thing is, for example, now Nigerians only listen to their religious leaders. Imagine yeah. if the religious leaders decide that instead of them to be selfish and be after their personal gain and, yeah. in, quotes, and in quotes salvation, which they don't even care about, yeah. let them push people. Now, See what Jesus did in the Bible. Jesus mm-hmm. was a revolutionist. That's one thing I'll always brag about. My yeah. Jesus was a revolutionist. He did not just sit down. He could have gone to the church and seen them selling things there and decided, and just like, oh, exactly. well. And exactly. And just say, yeah. oh, well, let me, let me bring up my own let church. Let me just buy... <laughs> then they were not using. They were not putting money back in the church. Exactly. exactly. At the end of the day, my body is you the get. church, so it doesn't matter. Quite uh, alright, God. My body. Exactly. <laughs> like all those flimsy excuses are what yeah. religious leaders give. Yeah. But instead of them to focus on all those things, mm-hmm. if they push people mm-hmm. and lead all this, if it's a protest, if religious leaders will leave all these their selfish and personal gain and connections mm-hmm. and actually push people to fight 
against the government, fight against, there will be a big change. I agree. What is stopping us is what will move us forward. Religion is what is stopping us. Because in the church, you hear government, you know some of these religious leaders are connected to the government. Of course. Government will tell the religious leaders, talk to your people, tell them to keep quiet. We just let you come on Sunday, Max, keep quiet into a whole scripture and verses. <laughs> Remember, God say, be humble. Remember, this is... No, now, look at the answers period. Did you yeah, see yeah. clips of, like, preachings where pastors were there telling their, their, their church members, oh, you should not be involved in a protest. Imagine. God is peaceful. All those kind of things Them, You understand? Yeah, like, basically telling them, shut up and take it away. It is yeah. why they should be the one pushing it forward. They should be the one telling people the safe way. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that they should, they should um, encourage their, their members to go and be violent. But of course. Teach them the safe way about it. Safe mm-hmm. way to demand what. Just what like the what Bible Adi say, Adi the is doing. Take it by force. Yeah. By force! Just like what Adifarasin is doing. He's such a hero to me. Because this guy, every Sunday, or at least every other Sunday, the first topic is Niger. How can you guys, do, what can you do for your country? What can you do? You know, he's using his uh, uh, power or medium to spread the message. And that's what, you know, that's what should be done. Use your abilities, use your power, use your, your platform. Yeah. Spread the message, not of violence, obviously. But mm-hmm. there's a way you can go about it. You can be smart about it. And your people know that, yes, we need to take action. Me, okay. personally, I feel like mm-hmm. they should just make me the minister of, like, education and <laughs> religious practice. <laughs> because the amount, even if, the even amount if you make it, there's little you can do. That is the no, problem. See, the, amount is, the amount of churches and schools that we close in this Nigeria, because even the safety hazard, the locations where they are, yeah. and then the kind of things that they preach in the churches, and, oh, bring this, bring that, oh, your tithe is not enough. My dear, by the six. If you don't move out, you demolish this. Oh, God. Man, this country is well, I tell you. Well, we thank God for life. Oh, God. my God. This episode is like the longest. And like, ah, I don't want it to stop because I learned I so many things. And like, I had so much fun like talking to you guys. And yeah. like, oh, thank you, Susan, Likewise. for hopping on this episode. Thank you, Shalom. Yeah, welcome. Hey, grateful. please though, sorry, I have party message. And yes. So basically, um, it's just to promote myself. So on Instagram, my name is Sue. So that's s.u.u.e. So as an upcoming physiotherapist, like I yeah, said, so. yes, you know, mm-hmm. um, I'm trying to, you know, um, sometime you know sometime in the future i'm not i feel like i'm not giving up on nigeria because i yeah. i really really see the potential of you know what can what can be done you know mm-hmm. and and so it's it is a possibility that i'm i'm looking at the possibility of setting up one or two things you know in collaboration with i have a mm-hmm. i have a sort of mental physiotherapist as well mm-hmm. and you know just having that idea that something can be set up. Yeah. Yeah. In the not so distant future, by God's grace, God keeping us alive and everything. So I think for me, I just want to start small with the whole um, sports massage yeah. thing. Yeah. For like, I can literally go to like a gym or even people that go to gyms, you know, if they get like an injury or something, I'm the one to call that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. So just, yeah, just like that, just like a small startup. You know, and um, just see how it how it kind of grows from there. So yeah, 
But thank you very much well, for having me as well. I really, really well, appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm still, I'm still a medical still like, student, and but hopefully, exactly. Yeah. Hopefully, in the future, I want to be a psychiatrist, and yes, so, I, yeah. I, I pray that while I'm working, and I'll try as much as possible, obviously, to put yeah. in. And hope that mental, like health, mental health, I love that. Really, really improves in the country. Yeah, that's something that we really need. We need it. Yeah. We need it. Hundred percent. First of all, the stigma around it. Needs yes. To yes. Yes. So. Where people feel that once you say you have a mental problem, you are a mad person. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. True. So first, the stigma, and then ties in. Yeah. doctors being confident to recommend see a psychiatrist as far as yeah. okay yeah. not just yeah. uh, medicine too so i'm mm-hmm. praying that we get to that point and i'm also involved in that change that is coming to the country so Amen. yes we're not going to give up on the country yeah we'll continue to fight forward <laughs> and like, you know, must yes, get better for every one of us yes now nah, well, so if you have closing media does not have closing remark. okay oh, my... so <laughs> basically your podcast is a non-medical <laughs> practitioner yeah but like in the nearest future <laughs> Actually, this has always been the plan, Shabba. Like, by God's grace, mm. hopefully, like, I, I want to start, like, my own, like, foundation. That's lovely. I, think, oh, I love that's that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I want my target to be, like, old people and people with mental illnesses and mental good. disorders. Very because good. Because when you see people on the road, some people might, might be suffering from schizophren- schizophrenia. Schizophrenia, yeah. Yeah. And, 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 yeah. yeah. You know, when they're meant to so, be in a care home. Yeah. yeah. Is, and yeah. then, like, suicide helplines, like, people th- you can talk to. Like, because Nigerians also, they have mm. stigma against therapies. Like, why should I tell my problems to Exactly. Something? So, yeah, strange, so that's, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a... All like I want to infuse like when I have the opportunity to start my own foundation like, I like in that. Nigeria and like mm-hmm. just cater to their start needs and now. all that. You have a podcast. You exactly. can use that as your closing mm-hmm. message to your podcast. Talk yeah. about yeah. it. Don't wait. I know I'm I'm the very I'm very hypocritical that I'm saying this now because basically I have such a plan that is similar and I'm holding myself back. But yeah, I mm-hmm. might preach it to somebody to start. But I'll still tell you. Start, you have the courage to even start yeah. the podcast. So exactly. One major move. So Use yes, your platform. You start. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, you can make me so emotional. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, thank you guys. I really You're appreciate you guys for helping on this podcast forever. Thank you guys. Thanks for having us. Right. <laughs> Bye. Right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye.